become Batman. Good luck, Harry Potter. Well, cover me with eggs and flour and bake me for 40 minutes. Hello and welcome to Screen Masters with me, Bav. Me, Fluff. And today on the show, after all this time, ladies and gentlemen, we are just going to be having a little catch-up. We're going to go through all the stuff that we've watched, some news, some films, some TV shows, no doubt, uh, and just sort of have a little chat around things before we get back to our normal movie TV format going forwards. Thank you for staying with us during all this time. We know it has been a bit spotty recently, but, you know, real life gets in the way sometimes, unfortunately. And as a friend of mine said... Uh, yesterday on the Facebook, a podcast is never late, nor is it early. It arrives precisely when it means to. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I liked that one. Yeah, no, I mean, he's certainly not the, been the only person. Uh, I've had several people saying to me, when's, when's the next one out? When's, uh, when's the next one out? So no. Between the editor's real life, my real life, your real life, and everyone else's real life. We just sort well, of, let's face it, my, my real life doesn't really have a lot of real life going on. So I know, it's I mainly want... down to you guys, <laughs> but that's all cool. I'm here. I'm here when I'm needed. You know me. I turn up. I talk shit, and uh, I let you deal with everything else. That's that's the wonderful part of this relationship. Indeed. So <laughs> yes, we're just going to chat through some things, but let's get. Uh, the admin. Oh, no, no, I didn't do my words. That's how at practice I am. So first, let's turn to some words that I, I think you might identify with. Yo, you might hear me make a racket like Wilson because I love someone like Rachel Bilson. Mm. The winter will come. We'll just have parties inside. It's still fun. We're, we're jamming. Pump this. We're banging. Chase your boyfriend. Let's have him. We're rowdy. Girls, make our clou judgment cloudy. But when the sun comes up, we're still alkies. We don't want to be lousy or shameless. But we're running round like we're brainless. Now I've got grass stains on my brand new white trainers. Um, I know a few guys hate us. They're as compelling as neighbours, so laters. It's blaters, we've got our own sound. You know now. So go wild and get hosed down. No, no, no. And I'll leave it at that because Christ, that was a longer verse, and I thought it was I, I don't. I, I'm, all, all, all I remember there was the the the, the I, name Rachel Bilson. That, aside from that, I know for you. all else about that song. But you said Rachel Bilson, and yeah. she she is a, a stunner. So that yeah. was uh, some words from Rizzle Kicks there, which mm -hmm. I haven't heard of at least or oh, what ten years, maybe more now. I can't even remember when they were a thing. Not a clue. They weren't no. too bad back in the day. Little you say rappy, so? Young, rappy London lads, I think. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so, let's do the admin. If you want to join in with us, you can go to facebook.com forward slash the screen masters. Please follow, like, uh, send us a message if you want to interact. I don't know what other words to say that mean the same thing. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at the SM underscore pod or twitter.com forward slash the sm underscore pod. And finally, if you want to look back through the YouTube archives, you can go to bit.ly forward slash yt. And as always, ladies and gentlemen, the bite is spelt as a computer bite, not a food bite.
So oh, I never I never understood that distinction now until you explained it. I know. Oh, it's one weird. of those weird things. I've, I don't think I've ever mentioned it before. No, no, it's the first um, time I've ever heard it. So, normally, point four on the intro structure is any news, anything you've seen to bring to this forum. But obviously, that's the entire point today. So, yeah. should we start yeah. with some news and then go into our little reviews just to sort of divvy it up a little bit? Uh, sure. I mean, I don't know whether... N- I'm trying to think... I've been trying to think what news there is, so to speak. Well, um, go ahead if you have any. ...that I'm going to discuss, but mm. it was, it's literally just broken yesterday. Mm. And maybe by the time this releases, it'll be about three months out of date. But yeah, yeah of course. It's, yeah. It's worth mentioning anyway. Um, so yeah, all right, I'll go then. Um, uh, Paramount. Paramount announced yesterday that they are... No, not yesterday, three days ago. They're shifting the rest of its releases for 2021 into next year. Oh, really? I had not read that at all. So, Top Gun Maverick. Oh, uh, yes, that was the top of my watch list. Well, yeah, I know. But that's (laughs) now... uh, Was supposed to be releasing Thanksgiving this year. Is now releasing May next year. Mm -hmm. And that's nearly three years after it was announced. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the one that actually upset me because I watched the trailer the other day and did find myself laughing as I used to at this show. Uh, but Jackass Forever, I'm quite upset. It's been moved to February next year instead of October this year. The the novelty of Jackass wore off a long time ago for me. Um, I've heard the rumblings while this was being made. I know Bam Margera uh, had a bit of a falling out with the director, and now he's uh, got a restraining a order against him. Now. Yeah, it's a horrible situation. Um. Uh, yeah, but I'm not like, yeah, I'm not one of these, ooh, I can't wait to see the next Jackass. This is going to be like 50, 60-year-old dudes now like electrocuting <laughs> themselves and stuff. That just isn't funny. Uh, you know, it's like, oh, okay, let's watch my granddad electrocute his balls. That's funny. No. Um, it's not my granddad. That's why I find no. it funny. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, there's a time and a place and... I think the time and the place is not this generation anymore. No, uh, I, but I think I, I think it'll be. I'd be really surprised if it did well with mm. newcomers to the franchise, for example. Um, I think you'll just get old sods like me who want to relive the nostalgia going to see it. Having said that, I'm not going to the cinema to see it. I'll wait till it comes out on DVD. Or yeah, I'd, uh, yeah, I'd, uh, I debate anybody who would be paying good money to go and watch that, whereas. Well, everybody. Well, it, it's as we always discuss, you know. Uh, to their own. Each to their own, you know. Not everybody likes everything. Some people are stupid. But sometimes you are wrong. Yeah, most For of the example, time. Love Island yeah. is always shit. Don't just, just don't just just well, don't. Well, we're just lucky we haven't actually recorded one during the middle of this year's Love Island. No, uh, I've had when they were allowed to go back and film it after COVID. Well, I mean, I had the luxury uh whether you call it that to go into the office actual office office uh within the last month or two uh so i spent uh, about four days over a couple of weeks in the uh in the office mm. and uh it made me appreciate uh home working because if i had to hear the conversations about love island anymore i was going to hang myself um yeah, you don't realise quite how much incessant bullshit is spoken in an office about programmes such as Love Island until you go back there and you realise, my God, it's it's so much nicer. Only listening to the voices in my head. <laughs> oh. What is it? 
Is it? Oh, I'm thinking of someone's uh, intro theme. I hear voices in my head. They talk to yeah. me. Yeah, Randy, Randy, That's Randy I Orton. Trying. I couldn't remember the first line. Yeah. Uh, yes. So that was a little tangent we went on there. Um, the <laughs> other one that they've mentioned is Mission Impossible Seven. Which was I mean, a- it's not even. I mean. Pfft. It's only recently finished bloody filming, hasn't it? it? Because of COVID delays. Yeah. Because they kept getting shut down due to COVID. Um, Because, again, I read an article from Forbes, I think it was, about uh, Paramount are trying to claim on their insurance for the amount of money that they lost to COVID on Mission Impossible 7. And they'll only pay out about five million or something. And they're like, fuck you. It was way more than that. Yeah, um, I mean, I got obviously we we all know Tom Cruise is is a Looney Tune uh, still to this day. But one thing I will say, he has been an absolute gentleman uh, to to the British people. Like he's been yeah. here for yeah. so long, and I've seen him out and about, and he's been interacting. And he, you know, he was at the Grand Prix, and he was at Wimbledon, and this, that, and the other. One thing you can say, he's he's a he's a gentleman. Obviously, he's a lunatic who who believes in science fiction writer or something or other. Um, but other than that, he's very respectful. He actually, you know, he's like, no, I'm I'm keeping everything here. I could take it abroad. But no, no, we, we say we were committing to the UK. That's where we're doing it. And the fact that he's spent as much money over here with the production of this film as he has, and he got pissed off because people weren't taking COVID seriously and the restrictions seriously. And obviously we heard about his little rant on set. Yeah. No, that's a guy who's like forefronting a film that's, you know, putting a lot of people in jobs. He has a right to be pissed off if you're going to treat it like it's nothing serious. Yeah, absolutely. And it's you know, that someone, like you say, with someone with that clout is singing the right song. Yeah. If you understand what I mean. You know, he's he's not there denying it. He's not an anti-vaxxer or right. anything because that would be the worst. But no, Well, funny, funny you should say that. Funny you should say that. Uh, his allows him to believe in it, I guess. Well, yeah. Um, I know. I, 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 from what I've read, I mean, uh, the 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 question of Scientology seems to be less and less these days because a lot of people are, are kind of moving away from that. I've I've recently read a couple of bits, but anyway, as you were saying about um, people taking it seriously, one bit of news I did find uh, interesting, and this as I think yesterday, uh, Miles Teller, who, funnily enough, is going to be starring with Mr. Cruz in uh, Top Gun. Um, he he's currently shooting what I believe is a prequel to The Godfather, um, The Promise or something like that. I can't remember the name of it. Anyway, this silly son of a bitch uh, is a is a non-vaxxer. He he doesn't believe in it, so he went to the set and uh, didn't didn't get the vaccine, and turned out he had COVID, but he didn't want to be tested. Uh, turns out he infected half of the cast and crew, so the shutdown of the entire production has now occurred. Because of this one stupid bastard who's not, an, uh, you know, who doesn't believe in the vaccine. Go fuck That's yourself, some. That's crazy. Um, crazy you know, man. it's people like that, and I'm just like, dude, you, you're like, you're the star of a TV show, and you've got all these people, and you've been a selfish prick. Go fuck yourself. Yeah. And it's, oh, it's, uh, 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 and, and P.S. You're a shit, Reed Richards. Because even if you're an anti-vaxxer and you don't want the vax, yeah. Well, at least get yourself tested to make sure you're not spreading it around to other people. Oh yeah, no, he refused to be tested. To apparently, do that. No. Yeah. No. Fuck him. All right. Good. I'm glad you brought that to my attention. He's fallen in my esteem. Oh, he already had. By by all accounts, he's a prick anyway. Uh, you know, mo- 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 uh, you know, you, you hear the drumming one. He was in that. Wasn't Whiplash. He? Whiplash. Thank you. Yeah, with uh, J.K. Simmons. With Foxcatcher, which was the was the boxing one, because they're both sort of dickhead coaches 
coaching small yeah yeah kind of yeah. young kids or you know semi-abusing young kids yeah um but yeah by by the looks of things jk simmons should have abused him more <laughs> well if you're gonna get abused get abused by jj yeah exactly that's it i mean the, <laughs> the guy is the guy's a legend in so many different ways uh love you jk you're, you're a superstar man can't um, wait to, oh yeah having seen the spidey trailer whoo can't wait to see what. Oh uh, yeah, I suppose that's something Ooh. else. That's other news, isn't it? Yeah, that's news. Um, yes, with the, the Spidey trailer looks very good. I went and showed my son uh, some bits of Spider-Man Two, so that he was familiar with Doc Ock afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that looks that looks fantastic. I'm looking forward to that a lot. Ah, one one very one very important bit of news before we proceed. Come on now. What month are we in and what is finally, after, what, two years, finally going to come out for you that you're so excited about? This month? Yeah. I don't know. What's coming out this month? My God. Right. For those of you at home who've not followed along with the game of, I can't wait to do my Bond special because James Bond's going to come out. (laughs) I've just read an article talking about, um, because someone else has delayed another film. Uh, No, that's right. Ghostbusters Afterlife has been delayed, but that's by like a week. That's not a delay. But apparently in this article, it said Sony are still debating whether they're going to release No Time to Die. Oh, they can't not. It's like, oh, you fuckers. No, you can't not. Going, yeah, all right, we'll do Bond next after this episode. Then we'll do your TV one and Bond will come out about right. But then I was like, oh, fuck, do we not bother? So, yes, I I am looking forward to Bond. I just don't actually believe it's going to release (laughs) until I see it in the cinema. So, it's not like we've been sitting on notes for a, a podcast based on Bond for about two years now. Literally halfway back through my book. My notebook is all my bond notes, <laughs> literally halfway back. So yeah, as soon as that was announced, I think I, I must have messaged you on that day. I was like, ooh, it's finally coming. <laughs> yeah, actually, it's around the time we did the uh, my notes for its start when we were doing the comedy episode, top five comedy films. That's a very long time ago. It's a very long time ago, because that was when we were still in the studio. Mm. Christ. Um, so yeah. Uh, the other thing I was going to mention was uh, the uh, uh, sad passing of Ed Asner, is it? Is that how you pronounce his surname? Or Asner, Eisner? Uh, no, it is Asner, who uh, passed away this week. Um, did some fantastic voice work. I, I knew him mostly from his voice work. I'm aware he was in uh, American sitcoms and stuff, I guess, when he was younger. But, you know, mm-hmm. the, the modern generation would know him as the... Old man from up. The old man from up. Mm-hmm. And I believe he was the voice of Granny Goodness as well. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to check that in the Justice League cartoons. Hmm, interesting. I know for a fact he was a voice in Justice League. Yeah, he's one of those old, uh, old school actors that have been around for forever. He was in, uh, wasn't it? I think Night at the Museum as well. Um, yes. One of uh, what of, uh, Dick Van Dyke's accomplices. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you're right. Oh, he was Santa in Up as well, which I didn't know. Carl Fredrickson, that's who he was in. Uh, Oh, yeah, he was in Elf, which I still don't like. Yeah, he was uh, Santa in that. Oh, he was also, oh, he did the voice of Carl in the new Doug Days short as well. Disney Plus have done a... Yes, which, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, I've I've got a little discussion on on, on one of those shows uh, when we get there. Not that show, uh, the, okay. the, the other one, the Monsters at Work one. 
Oh, okay, I haven't watched any of that. Yeah, I'll, I'll talk it in brief. I'll talk it in brief. Okay. Uh, come on, where's Justice League? It's here somewhere. I've done, I know he was in there. I just can't find it. I just want to prove it to myself that I know. He's wrong, ladies and gentlemen. It wasn't. He's him. not wrong. Just in 2013 at the minute, so I'm still way too ahead of myself. He obviously did lots and lots of work. Well, yeah, I mean, he's he was in his 80s, 90s, so the guy's been around for a good long while. Yes. Oh, he's in Spider-Man too. ER, blimey. Come on, we've got to be Justice League here somewhere. What is he animated? Uh, Superman, the animated series. Oh, he was Granny Goodness in the animated series of Superman. Okay, well, you you were you were. I knew he was. It's it it seems plausible that if he was in the Superman series, that eventually that role would have probably gone over to the Justice League. I can only remember one or two where where Granny Goodness. Yes, he was in Justice League Unlimited, the voice of Granny Goodness, and Hephaestus as well in Hawk and Dove. Cool. Anyway, uh, yes. So. Yeah. I believe, like, Warner Brothers, I assume, are going to push on with their release slate because they're potentially going to release half of them on HBO Max at the same time, aren't they? So, yeah, I mean, that's. Decision, I'm assuming that all their stuff is still going to keep coming. Uh, same with Disney. I well, they are, ah, well. And then potentially put it on Premier Access if they want. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, we we will talk about Black Widow as a film because we we actually went to see it together. Uh, yeah. It was the first first film back at the cinema that that I think either of us had, had gone to see. Uh, I uh, too, but that was a uh, yeah. Uh, okay, it was the first one back for me. But uh, anyway, obviously, as a result of Black Widow spinning out, we've now got the lawsuit that uh, that Scarlett Johansson has put forth against Disney because her profits have been diminished because it wasn't a theatrical release; it was obviously a Disney Plus release. So that, in turn, I think is going to have a knock-on effect as to their their release schedule and what they feel, okay, we can get away with putting this on Premiere and we can release it at the cinema. All the certain things, they're like, we, we, we just can't release that on Premiere because the star is going to get pissed off and they're going to put, a, uh, you know, it's a, it, it seems to be that this is, don't get me wrong, Scarlett Johansson, uh, all play to her because, you know, it's in a contract that she should get back end. You should get back end because that's written into a contract. Uh, do I necessarily think that they should be getting like 50, 100 million uh, for a film that they're starring in? I don't necessarily agree with that, but that, you know, that's, that's a question for another day. At the same time, you've got other people like um, Emma Stone, who has now signed up for a Cruella sequel. And again, at one point, it was debated whether she was going to do a similar thing because, again, she had back end from the Cruella film, but she's now signed on for a sequel. So I would imagine that they're going to have to rewrite contracts to incorporate this. Um, Yeah. So that's the thing. It's how many films are we going to see uh, dual release? I I couldn't say for certain. I think they need to resolve this issue. Obviously we want new films to be coming out because they've got a backlog of them for one. Um, They, they need to get them out there, especially, you know, Marvel, they, they need to keep the schedule going because you know, they've got more stuff in production and we've been fortunate with all of the TV series that we've had. But now they're going back to theatrical releases. So we'll have had three in this year. We'll have had Black Widow, uh, Shang-Chi, which has just come out. And then we'll have The Eternals in uh, in a month or two. 
So we're already kind of back on that schedule, but it's where they're going to release everything. A few months ago, I understood that. Now, moving forward, I'll be curious to see what is and what isn't. HBO seems to be a different... The HBO Max seems to be a completely different kettle of fish. Nobody seems to have spoken out about that so far. Um, yeah, and that's Warner Brothers' thing. I mean, the only yeah. thing I can remember is when um, Christopher Nolan, he uh, when they were trying to put Tenet, uh, Tenet on it, and he his quote was, I went to bed last night working for the best film production company in the world, and I woke up this morning working for the worst streaming service in the world. Uh, yeah, I mean, I understand their trepidation about, you know, these are directors and we want our films on the big screen. I was going to um, say, if you take someone particularly, I, like, I can identify with Nolan. Yes, you're, yeah. your average, you know, moron who's going to be making the Netflix rubbish like Underground 6 or whatever. Oh, that was yeah. Michael Bay. Um, is it, it doesn't matter, you know. But for for someone like Christopher Nolan, where you know that every shot you know, and he's used the IMAX cameras and he's got the sound perfect and he's, you know, I, I think, yes, I, I want to see his films in the cinema. Mm. I don't want to see them at home. No, I, I concur. I think the the uh, problem in some ways, uh, and I think that it, it, it's something that they need to resolve anyway, is the budgets of some of these films now. Yeah. It is getting to extortionate proportions that there's hundreds of millions put for a film like Tenet and yeah don't don't get me wrong it was lovely looking film and uh you know it was it was it was nice in places I still don't think it's Nolan's best work but no. when you're ponying up hundreds of millions of dollars for a film and then that film is shot and then it's sitting in a lot somewhere just gathering dust I understand the director's standpoint that they want it to be on the big screen that was how they envisaged it uh, but this is also a business decision and studios have to release these films and that is that's that's what it boils down to at the end of the day. They're an entertainment industry. It isn't always necessarily going to be on the big screen. They've they've invested a shit ton of money in it. They need their money back because, however, are they ever going to pay for the next film that Nolan wants to make if they can't get that one out on time? Yeah. So it's it's yeah it's it's going to be an interesting couple of years I think uh, for the for the cinema industry. I think at home entertainment uh, streaming. It's just gonna. Well, we've already seen how many how many big stars have now signed up for uh, how many series and stuff like that. You know, Chris Pratt. Uh, you know, I know he'd signed up for Passenger or something like that. And you just kind of go, oh, I thought you were just kind of big picture guy now. But when they roll up and go, here's a ton of money to do a mini series, they're more than likely going to accept it now because they've got the money for that because of streaming. So yeah, yeah. streaming sites have actually got a little bit of. A little bit of more control over this now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you said, they've elevated. It's not looked down on like television used to be. Mm-hmm. Oh God, yeah, TV. I mean, you used to go cable TV, or you know, we, you know, we, we turn our nose up and go, ugh, the CW shows uh, and stuff like that. I still wouldn't watch any of those. But that's the thing. I've got a list of shows that I've been watching on Netflix and Amazon and stuff like that as of late, and there's a lot of good out there. I, I, uh, I'm still watching. Stargirl with my daughter. That's but again, that's again, that's a different. That's a different. Yeah, that's that's uh, a CW show, and it's. But I would say it is one of the better ones Mm -hmm. because uh, it's it is it is Jeff Johns behind it, and it's his run on JSA that's influencing it. Hmm. So you've got the right man for the right job, and. 
they've I, I think the two adult leads that they've brought in are good and they hold it together. Hmm. Luke Wilson and Amy Smart are two, you know, decent actors. They are good actors. Not amazing, maybe, but they're good at what they do. Mm-hmm. And they, as a family, you know, as the parents sort of thing, hold the whole thing together really well. I yeah, again, like, it's... they've just introduced Shade. And I always loved the Shade as a character. Yeah, he was great. A proper brilliant British bloke yeah. in playing. Nice. Uh, yeah, no, it's like you say, when you've got um, experienced hands like uh, Luke Wilson, Amy Smart, you know, we've, we've seen them in films. Uh, obviously, again, uh, our generation's worth of films, that that's where they came into their, their own. Uh, you know, that's where they made their name. So when you as a parent are watching a show with your kid and these people who've been in a lot of stuff that you've seen over the years and now the parents, you understand that. And this is, I think, a problem which I find with some shows now. Um, one show I've been watching, which is AP Bio, I won't say too much, I'll get to it eventually. Uh, while I like a lot of the cast members, there's a few that I'm just like, you're just kind of bit part actresses. I've never really seen you or anything. I don't have anything. You've, you've not gripped me. You as an actress has not gripped me. But other people I've seen and stuff before, they do. I'm I'm drawn to their characters and stuff like that. Whereas you're not always. So I understand from where you're coming from. Um, and from what I've read, it seems to be a good show. Um, like you say, Johns is behind it, and all the controversy with, with Johns aside, uh, I always thought he was a great writer, as we both know from his yeah. GL run and JSA run and stuff like that from actual DC Comics. He's a good storyteller, a great storyteller. Yeah, I, I do. I agree. Okay, well, pick something on your list. Get us started. Okay, right. Well, I'll go through. Uh, I'll go through a couple of the series uh, which I've lost, and uh, and then we'll we'll pass it over to you. I th- I, th- I feel there's going to be a, ba- a bit of back and forth here, ladies and gents. Um, yeah, I think there will be. Uh, just so that we can get through a lot of stuff. Some stuff that we won't both seen. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I'll just go a couple of couple of Netflixy shows, um, which have been uh, one which was Sweet Tooth. Don't know if you've got around to seeing it yet. No, I haven't watched that one yet. Uh, so again, I'd read not all of the graphic novel. I'd read bits of the graphic novel so, quite some time ago, so I knew the basis for this. Um, it was a bit dif- more different th- than I thought it was going to be. Now this is uh, this is a series which is all based about the world has suffered a pandemic and X amount of people are dead. Uh, and there's a virus going on. And so it was very, you know, it, it's very raw to everything that's going on. Um, but I've got to say, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, there's a lot of good performances in there from a lot of different people. The young kid is very, very lovable. Straight off the bat, you just kind of go, I kind of like this kid. He's he's a good kid. He's he's innocent. He, he, he does that very well. Um, I won't say too much on it. Again, I, I imagine it's one that you might watch with. Perhaps uh, my my goddaughter. I would imagine it's one that you might want to watch. There, it's not always, uh, you know, necessarily kid friendly, but it's it's an important lesson I think within it about aspects of <laughs> of the world that we're living in now. Um, so it was it was an enjoyable series. Uh, I'm glad that it's been picked up for a second series. Looking to see where it goes. Um, yeah, I th- I think it's a good one. Um, it, it's one of those kind of feel good ones at times. Like you you enjoy it. And you just see a light-hearted scene, and it actually makes you smile. Uh, you know, like I say, especially with what's going on in the world today, this is the closest approximation you're going to get uh, of, of a TV show d- reflecting that. Um, yeah. 
another show is Shadow and Bone, which I wasn't necessarily tried to talk me into watching that. I never got around to it, but they did mention that to me. Yeah, so it's a uh, it's it's I probably say it's a a young adults book style thing. Um, I think there's some very good characters in there. Um, the, there's the uh, there's a crew called the Crows. They are by far the most interesting selection of people. Uh, there's a couple of actors in there that I'm looking at going. You're gonna you're gonna go well. You, you're gonna do well. You're you're gonna be in big things. I can foresee this. Um, so yeah, there's a few stars in there right off the bat. Um, we've got Ben Barnes, who has been in, who's in Westworld. He was in uh, Punisher. Uh, so he's 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 a face that you'll have seen as well. He's very good uh, with with the role that he's given. That you know, kind of commands a lot of of the scene in that sense. But by far, this is not a show that I would have have put on my high to watch list. This was kind of like I'm looking for a show to watch. I'll watch this. Uh, it surprised me actually. It did suck me in at a few points, but I was also bored as shit at points as well because it went a little bit too far. It doesn't fully explain the world in which it's living in until a little bit later, no, which right. I sometimes think is is a detriment. What I always kind of go back to when I look at some of these kind of um fantasy-esque series and I, don't, I hate to compare it because it, it it is the pinnacle of that. That opening bit of, uh, of Fellowship of the Ring, mm-hmm. where you just get the overall story. Galadriel is telling you, these are the rings, this is what happened, that's what blah, this is where... It, 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 it's very simple, to yep. the point, succinct. This is what... The, that's the kind of thing that this show was missing at the start, I felt. It was like, if I hadn't read the books, I was kind of coming in blind. So there was a little bit of hostility there for me because i couldn't i couldn't remember all of the places they're talking about and the history it wasn't fully explained so that's one thing i will say is a negative for it um but again picked up for a second series it's not going to be like oh as soon as it comes out i'm going to watch it but it was an enjoyable show like i say good performances from some actors and by by far if you watch it you'll probably we'll have that conversation and you'll go i bet it's this character and i bet it's this character and we'll probably be right to be honest um (laughs) Because I do, I genuinely do feel. I look, I look, and I'm like, "You're shit, but you're very, very good." I can see you going far. So yeah, that'll be an interesting one. So that's maybe one for me to have a look at. Then I'll, uh, I'll uh, yeah. As I say, it's I'll that... maybe watch a trailer or something. See, uh, yeah, I've even done that to be honest. So. Yeah, I, I, like I say, it's not by any stretch uh, for aim for you, you or I. I would imagine that. Uh, your young daughter would probably find an interest in it. There's those love stories. There's a bit of fear in there and stuff like that. But yeah, as a whole, not the worst. Not the worst thing that Netflix has done. <laughs> well, what a ringing endorsement. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like I said, there's some good bits. There's some bad. It it is what it is. I I kind of went in expecting a certain type of show. I kind of got that, but I was intrigued by some of the characters, some of the actors. Uh, and, and that's it. If you know, if you watch something and you find yourself being drawn in and yeah, you carry watching it, that's, that's my always rule. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, right. Over to you, over to you. What have you been watching? All right. Uh, well, on the TV side, not a huge amount, but um, I have just started watching uh, the BBC's new drama. Because uh, it's it's from all the line of duty people, or some of them anyway. 
I think it's the producers of, but they've made it look like Line of Duty anyway. But it's a, uh, a police investigation on a submarine. Because someone dies on a submarine. But there's all sorts of uh, military nonsense and covering up and stuff going on. It's really good. I'm, I'm quite enjoying it so far. I'm two episodes in. It's a good good mystery yarn that is dragging me along with it. Um, I did start with... Uh, I always forget which way round it is. Is it Mystic Quest Raven's Banquet? Mythic Quest. Mythic Quest. I Mystic, Mythic, Mythic Quest. Quest. Mythic Quest, Raven's Banquet, and then, yeah, it goes into Mythic Quest kind of season two. Yes, that's right. Yeah. So I, I did uh, start with a couple of episodes of that, uh, but I won't say too much because I assume we'll probably do an episode on it at some point. Yeah, well, I think uh, once once you've done that, that'll probably be our uh, our, our TV season episode. Cool. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of it on the TV front. Um, so, yeah, all right, let's, uh, let's, let's take Black Widow then. Sure. What are your thoughts? As a whole, I thought it was a enjoyable film. Um, it's not necessarily going to be in the upper echelons of the Marvel films. Um, no. I, I'd put it under a B ranking. Um, yeah, it's yeah, low, I'd put it under B ranking. Low mid table for me. Yeah, yeah. It's. Uh, I mean, the, the, the performance of Scarlett Johansson was uh, as expected. It was Black Widow. I'm not expecting. Uh, you know, much out of her when when it t- comes to the action. As I've said before, like when I watched her in Jojo Rabbit, I forgot until I watched that that she can be an actress. Yeah, um, yeah and that she's not she's not acting. This is the the whole action thing. Um, the two two things massively coming out of that film though, uh, with the David Harbour was funny as shit, which yeah, I think I we knew it. going in that he would be and really do hope that he pops up again in future. Same with Rachel Wise. Understated, but very, very good in that. Very, very good in that. I think yep. she played that role to a T. Uh, but by far the biggest, biggest great thing coming out of that uh, was Florence Pugh. Um, by far the funniest and best thing about that film. She was. She was an absolute revelation coming out of that. Yeah. Um, by far and away the best thing. By far and away, just her her relationship with uh, with Natasha was just fantastic. You know, two well, sisters was... that you know loved each other, but then you know had a bit of a okay, we've had a difficult upbringing now, and blah blah blah, and and just her mocking, uh, mocking of uh, you know Black Widow's poses and lands and this that and the other, and then when she does it herself later on in the film, and just kind of. Ugh, and just has this shake of vulsh, uh, revulsion. I just thought it was fucking hilarious. Um, yeah, that that was a, a standout comedy moment. That bit. Yeah, and yeah, she she is one of these actresses that again we've you know seen in a few things over the years. And you just kind of look at it and go, she, yeah, there's big things expected for her. She she's going to go far. And this again, it just you know you throw her into an action scenario and she it, it worked. Uh, you know she gelled very very well with everything that was there. Um, I really enjoyed her character. Glad that she's obviously survived. We'll see where that goes. You know. Yep. Yep. She's. Uh, I. Yeah. She's sort of been set up to replace Scarlet. I guess. You know. She's. She's. Yeah. That sort of spy type thing, but obviously, yeah, gives us some sort of clue as to where she might be going. But. Yeah, I mean, the film. As you, I think the the operative word there you actually said as well was spy. Um. 
I was expecting a little bit more. I don't want to say uh, Mission Impossible, but you know uh, that spy no, essence agree. within That's this one film. One of my criticisms is I wanted a bit more. Well, you think back to Winter Soldier. Yeah, that is a brilliant, brilliant spy uh, movie. You know, mm. it, it's so it's almost on the level of Tinker Taylor for me. It's that good, but this just didn't have it. And and I, I say, but criticisms are largely they went too far with the amount of damage that Black Widow can take. Oh, God, yeah. Which meant there were no stakes. And and that was another problem with the movie as a, movie as a whole, mm-hmm. is you know that she lives through it. So yeah. when she's in a precarious situation, there's no stakes because no, yeah. you know she survives because it's a prequel. And that's kind of one of the crutches of prequels, really. Yeah. It's, um, it, it's, why it's like... always worth sort of focusing on a different character yes. in the prequel. Yeah. Because you know the main character's going to be okay, which I guess they kind of did with, with Florence Pugh. But yeah, she took far too much damage. I'm thinking particularly of the bit where she falls out of a building window or whatever and just hits multiple things on the way down and then collapses, slaps into the alley. It's like, yeah, you should have died four times. Yeah, even the car crash, the initial kind of car oh, crash God, yeah, uh, as yeah. well. And you just kind of like, love, you, yeah. you've not got a scratch on you. I'm 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 calling bullshit on this. Yeah, exactly. And um, my yeah. only other issue, I, I mean, okay, they, I mean, I, I don't know whether it's just me, but I saw parallels in the baddie to Weinstein, and they mm-hmm. might be kind of. You mean, t- all right, Governor? I'm Ray Winston. Oh, excuse me, yeah. hello, Governor. <laughs> I am Ray Winston. Hello. I am. Hello. I am Russian. Oh, Good God, his um, was ridiculous it yeah. actually inspired my favorite uh film review podcast to do a segment uh called where's ray mm-hmm. where they played four clips from different films that ray winston's in where he has an accent and you have to try and guess where <laughs> each one. Yeah. it was that'd be good, actually. hilarious yeah. Yeah, that'd be good actually um yeah, other other criticism is definitely the villain uh, of of the thing. Obviously, Ray Winston. Uh, I, I've got nothing against him. I think he's a good actor. Yeah, I love in Ray certain Winston. roles. Just not as a big yeah. villain in a fucking Marvel film. And also Taskmaster. Um, Taskmaster. was a complete waste. Uh, complete waste of time. That's such um, a shame. Like, I wouldn't have minded if they'd let the character, you know, leave her alive. Don't cure her. Don't, you know, they always seem to want to have to have a resolution with the villain. Yeah, it was, oh, okay, yeah. She's... To just survive a movie <laughs> yeah. and then maybe pop up in someone else's movie a bit further down the road. And that was it. And I look at her, I'm like, you're not going to be an evil Taskmaster because you're, you're a broken one now. Um, uh, how can I put this as politely as possible? You ain't fucking Taskmaster, love. Go and read the comics. That dude there is a real fucking Taskmaster. You ain't nothing. You are just a copy machine. You're not a Taskmaster. There's a distinct difference between you gaining this ability through screens on your fucking face than an actual kind of innate skill that you've learned over time. Yeah. Complete difference. Complete yeah, difference. I, I, yeah, the character is... They, they, just, they just went, we need a villain, Taskmaster, yeah, that'll do. No, 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 no. You should have saved that. You could have gone with loads of fucking different villains. You could have gone with loads of different Winter Guard-style people. But you didn't. You went with Taskmaster and shut the bed. So yeah, it's it's. I mean, I I I reckon it's a six out of ten. 
I was going to say seven. I'm, I was yeah, going to say enough. seven. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, I think there's a two. good couple of set action pieces. Um, the best the, the... for me is the family stuff. When they're yeah. set as a family, there, there's some hilarious and charming and warm moments uh, when they're doing that. And, and mm. I really enjoy those sequences. And like you say, the, the bits with Natasha and Yelena playing off each other are, are highly entertaining as well. Yeah. It felt like sisters, you know, and and that's the thing they said. You know, I remember reading a, an interview with uh, with Florence Pugh, and she said like the first day on set uh, was was that fight scene in the kitchen that they that was the first that's the first day that she spent on on set with Scarlett Johansson. They're beating the shit out of each other. You could probably get a good relationship going when you're just powwowing into each other, yeah. and you got to apologize after that. That's the best way of getting close to someone, <laughs> you know. So yeah interesting like you say to to see once it's now that it's done we've seen the ending natasha's died that's accepted we see val we see uh we see florence and uh we'll see where it goes from there yep it will be interesting to see next uh, film for you because oh, i know as you say you're not watching much on the series i assume we've seen suicide squad Yes, yes, we've uh, we've both seen that. Yeah, okay. Uh, I'll let um, you take, take the lead first. I, I I really loved it. <laughs> I thought it was brilliant. I I, I laughed lots, um, and I liked the way he played with it because obviously the trailer shows a billion characters, and you're thinking, but you can't have all these characters actually in the film at all times. So obviously, yes, they do the. I guess it is Nick in the X Force joke from Deadpool Two, but. Hmm. You know, yeah, they start with that, and that I thought was brilliant because again, Michael Rooker, I expected him to be a key in a lot more of it, yeah. And then he's in it for five minutes, and he's actually has some of the funniest stuff because he's the one who shits himself and runs away (laughs) and just starts running away. You're like, okay, Um, javelin. Who the fuck is javelin? What? mm -hmm. Um, One thing I will say um, is that within that first little spell. I'm so glad that it went that way because they killed off so many people that I did not want to spend an hour and a half to two hours watching. Yeah, I'm afraid Pete Pete Davidson, is it? Pete Davidson, thank fuck he died quickly. Yeah. Fucking can't stand that twat. Yeah, um same yeah. with Jay Courtney. See you later, Boomerang. You're fucking dead. That was another thing. I was like, oh, they're bringing back Jay Courtney. Fair enough. He'll stay in it for a bit. No, nope. oh, he's dead. Thank God for that. Okay. Uh I mean, I like Nathan Fillion, like him, but he's not uh, no offense to him. Nathan Feature film though. material. Yeah, I was glad that he had that role because he was yeah. perfect for that role. But how fucking funny is it when that happens? Yeah, when his arms just go and just lightly sort of slap, slap around, just people slap, and just get shot, slap, slap, and slap, he's slap. on the floor screaming. Yeah, God. yeah, they're shooting his arm, and he's like, ah, ah, ah. Uh, "You God did your arms." Yeah, like... Oh God. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. I well, mean, well cast film for for it, one. Definitely, and obviously the best bits are. I mean, it's the other team, isn't it? I, mm. Idris Elba's always good value. I mm-hmm. particularly enjoyed him in this. Uh, Cena, Jesus <laughs> Christ, John Cena. Just it's another side because mm. it's the completely straight face, deadpan delivery of hilarious lines. And I'm gonna probably gonna bastardize it, but my favorite one is the uh, the one he says about peace. Where he's like, peace is the most important thing to me. I don't care how many men, women, and children have to die to get it. Mm-hmm. And I just 
I just wet myself when I heard that line. I just it made me laugh so hard. Um, I think the, the the bit for me w- that got me with, with seeing again we're I don't know if you know, ladies and gentlemen, but we're wrestling fans. Um, and so having again recently seen him come back for SummerSlam, and we both expressed how how nice it was to see John Cena, the John Cena. You know, he comes out there, he comes out to his music. Um, we know exactly what we're getting, but it's also he's a joyous person to watch because he loves that industry, and and he he's such a positive person that when I suddenly see him and Idris Elba having a bit of a shooting contest and kind of giving each other the finger, and then su- suddenly you see John Cena masturbate, wanking, and then throwing it at Idris Elba, oh that's the bit that broke me. Yeah, that yeah, was the yeah. bit that broke me. I was like, that is a side of Cena I never would have thought I'd see. Absolutely. Uh, and like you say, you, when you check his Twitter, his Twitter is is like someone bought him the big book of Buddhist quotes. Yeah. <laughs> that's all he posts on there. Like it's just like inspirational PC. You know, that's what's like, oh, I've got no yeah, problem. Never with give it. up. Rise of birth hate. No, he he. You know, was obviously very influenced by a lot of that stuff with the time he spent in China. So it's fair enough. But yep. yeah, it it you do look at that and then like you say, see that scene and think, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think uh, yeah, I think he really shied a lot of people what he's made of um absolutely i understand uh our good friend dave batista oh well for miles inside this pit of danger um i understand his comments about the fact that he doesn't necessarily want to do uh films with other wrestlers um because it it just you know people would pigeonhole it as this thing uh and uh, what i loved was cena's response to that was i i completely understand where he's coming from I've worked. I'd worked with him for years. Like he's off doing his thing now. If we're doing that, people have that kind of. I understand. I I respect him. He didn't say he didn't like me. He just said it's not this style of acting that he wants. Yeah. Down the line, I hope that there is some kind of thing with all these wrestlers because I think it would be a good. As, as it would be a good thing. It did just um, occur to me that actually Idris Elba is making a sort of late career in in beating up ex WWE yeah. guys. Yeah. Yeah, he's uh, he's he's yeah, it is funny. He's already beat up the Rock. Yeah, now he's on to uh, that. So yeah, he's just got to get over to Batista now. Superman. Um, so I understand that, and uh, uh, but watching him in this, I was like, man, this guy. I mean, I we knew he was funny anyway. We've seen him in enough shit to know he's funny. Oh yeah, but... but like um, Christ, what was the the spoof wrestling thing that they did called? He was hilarious in that, wasn't he? Yeah. Uh, Southpaw. Southpaw. Yes, Re- Southpaw Wrestling. Yeah, Southpaw Wrestling. Oh, yeah, I'd forgotten about that. Yeah, and he, he was the one of the commentators on there. He was so good in that. Yeah. So we, we know he's got the chops for it. Um, uh, But yeah, in a big blockbuster thing with uh, lots of explosions and stuff like that. Absolutely brilliant. Um, uh, the, the one, uh, I mean, again, uh, she is a beautiful, beautiful person. Plays Harley Quinn to a T. Yeah, yeah. But again, there was nothing they shoved in a Harley Quinn sequence there of her falling in love with this guy. And just because Harley Quinn's in the film, there was no real need for Harley Quinn to actually be in there. Uh, it no, was just, I assume you know. the only reason they put it in there is because they didn't want to totally write off the first suicide squad. Hmm. So they brought back Jay Courtney. They brought back, uh, Joel Kinnaman. Joel Kinnaman is really flat. Yeah, yeah. And, and Harley, cause they were the ones that they could bring back. And obviously, Will Smith wasn't coming back, so they they got Idris Elba in to take that role instead. 
did that's a, a funny damn side when she's talking about all the unique powers that they have mm-hmm. and then she, he, he asks what john cena does and it's the, exactly the same as him <laughs> yeah listens to orders could is oh yeah he's a danger with any anything in his hands he's a weapon that's that's me that's that's me exactly uh rat catcher 2 obviously oh, taika waititi as rat catcher 1 which was yeah, yeah. a nice little surprise uh but yeah i can't remember she her name be- uh danielle something or other i came oh, out of that and i turned around i think one of the first things i said to our good friend uh baggy uh she is the breakout star of this mm. uh by by um by a ton um, she's the one person that I came out with. Yeah, they gave her as well. I, I, you know, it was heartfelt. It was yeah, really well pulled off. In but that's that's you know that's James Gunn for you, isn't it? It's mm. it's pulling off those moments of pathos at the same time as juxtaposing it against pure pure ridiculousness. Yeah. Um. So yeah, she's she uh, genuinely she she's an actress that I would go. Keep an eye out for her because she was fantastic in this. Whether she does any big, bu- big blockbustery stuff again, or whether she, you know, gets to to drama, but she seemed very, very good for for Daniel the small. For... Yeah, um, I'm sure I'd seen her in one or two things, maybe over the years. But my God, she was the one person I came out of this going, "Wow, okay, I think you're really good." Yeah, and again, Polka Dot Man. Who'd have thought Polka Dot Man would be? Yeah. A I totally thought he would be one of the ones that would die. Mm-hmm. But again, I actually quite enjoyed it. Had a good story. I like David Desmalkian. He's a good actor. Yeah, that's so, the thing. It's uh, it it. Sometimes you look at James Gunn, and I think he he looks around at people and goes, "You know what? Who's been in this biz for years and done loads of stuff?" Okay, you. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a, a prominent position in my film. You've earned it. He seems to do that with some people, I find. Um, and I think that's great. Yeah, certainly, I agree. Um, but yeah, I, yeah, I thought it was very, very funny. I, I very much enjoyed it. Sylvester Stallone as the voice of King Shark as well, because oh. does he have some funny stuff? <laughs> nom? Nom? Yeah. No, no nom. No. Um, yeah, trying to eat Ratcatcher while she's sleeping, uh, yeah. because she's, she's clearly a narcolept at some point. Um, it's... The, the little, I think the one of the the most brilliant things uh, throughout all of it, and and I'll end on that is, um, as I said earlier, when Idris and Cena are walking around and they're picking these guys off of this little camp one by one, and they're trying to get to Rick Flag, and then finally they pull the curtain back, and there's Rick Flag sat having a cup of tea with them. Turns yes. out they've actually just killed all of the resistance. And... <laughs> that was so funny. And I could see it coming. Like as soon as they go about halfway, I was sitting there going, "They're killing the wrong people, aren't they?" And I was like, "Oh god!" So again, James Gunn, you do get my humour, and uh, and I love you for it. Yeah, it's that, like you say, it's that he he's so good at, at flipping the script when you mm-hmm. think it's going one way and it it just goes totally the other. He's so good at that. Yes, I very much enjoyed that. Yeah, likewise. Uh, considering the uh, the the DC universe as a whole is uh well shit uh it's it's one happy entry that i was glad the hood said to have watched yes uh, okay do you want to pick something sure got a couple of more uh films so i'll go uh, a couple of films now uh one again i'm not sure whether you would have watched it yet i do highly recommend that you do and anybody who hasn't to watch it uh which is mitchell's versus the machines Yes, no, I haven't yet watched it yet because I really want to watch it with yeah 
the children, but they've watched it with Katie, I think, uh, my ex. So sure, yeah. I'm trying to watch it twice. Yeah, um, yeah. watch it on your own then. Uh, yeah. well, well, I understand watching it with kids. Um, I won't. I'll try not to say too much because uh, I, I know. That's okay, it's... I've heard a review of it and stuff. Um, so, so I mean, the the, the voice, uh, the voice people in this, um, you know, you've got Danny McBride. I love Danny McBride. The, the guy is just class. Um, you've also got Abby Jackson, who was from Enchanted, if you've watched... Oh, sorry, Disenchantment, um, which is the... Yeah, was that the Matt Groening? Matt yeah. Groening thing on Netflix. I really enjoy it. Uh, I thought the first season was great. Second season kind of lulled. I really enjoyed the third season. So again, I, I'd heard her from that. Um, and the mum is... Uh, my, I want to say Maya Rudolph. Um, and she's surprisingly good in this as well. I, I've never been a huge fan of her work, but I, she she's one of those people that is a bit hit and miss. I really, 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 really enjoyed this, I've got to say. Um, obviously, it's completely zany uh, kind of animation style. The story itself is, you know, humanity's being taken over by the machines. Um, but the whole heart of this entire story is about family. And... It really does hit home on a couple of occasions. It does make you very, ah, uh, you know, fl- flutters of the heart kind of thing. Um, and I will say that Christ, the this end. Is from you. Yeah, this is coming from me. Uh, I know that most people don't believe I have a heart. It's small. It's very dark. It's it's very charred, and it's like a lump of coal. But it does still beat. You know, I have to live. Um, so yeah, there is a little part of a heart in me. Um, <laughs> but it was actually. The the one I'm really not going to say too much because I do want you to enjoy it. The one thing I'll say is stick around for the end credits because um, when you when you put your love and attention into a film and you spend a lot of time with a lot of people, uh, you are obviously like, okay, this this is my job and this is where I'm going. But you're always thinking, oh, okay, the, the, my family and stuff like that. The wonderful thing that I found at the end of this is that a lot of the people very close associated with this have family pictures at the end of the film oh nice uh so whether it's them as a kid or whether it's them as an adult with their kids and it honestly by the end of that film it really really got the sense of family and that closeness um and i thought that was an absolutely fantastic touch to end on a film I really, really did. It's one of those things where you kind of, where you sometimes you get to an end credits thing and they put pictures in and of the cast and stuff like that. And uh, I, I look back at something like Dogma, where uh, you know you have the music and it comes up with each character. It's kind of an outtake of each of them laughing or something like that. I love that about films because it shows the real person, and that's what I really thought about this. The the writers, the directors, all that kind of stuff. All of them have family pictures there, and I think it's absolutely fitting for the film that it is. Um, like I say, the animation is great. The the voice acting is great. The story is great. Uh, I really look forward to to seeing if they do another one of these. I'm not sure whether they will because it doesn't necessarily warrant a, a sequel. Uh, but again, it's it, these guys are, are just fantastic at what they're doing uh, on the animation style. Uh, Lord and Miller, they're they're just fantastic. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, the Lego movie guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I'd, I'd yeah, I'd, I'd oh. highly recommend it. If you've got kids, watch it with your kids. If you've not. Watch it for the little kid inside of you. Yeah. Well, you've given me quite a good segue there talking about family. Ooh. So I'm going to take it back off you and discuss the ultimate family film that's all about family. It's always about family. It's never about oh, anything God. else. Oh, God. Oh, no. <laughs> Part nine. Okay. Yeah. 
the the only thing I want to say to begin with is cars are in space. Yeah, so we've a gone little, from little first film, street racing, now. gritty, real, talking about engines. And, yeah. Well, yeah, the, just I, what I've realised is there must be a contractual obligation for the director to put in at least one sequence in these later ones of, you know, booty shaking, girls draped over cars, street racing. It seems that they always, you know, like you say, the, the original films were about that. Now they have to shoehorn uh, street racing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> into their heist movie to uh, to be able to do it. But Jesus Christ, I could sit here and explain the plot if I had a PhD in theoretical physics and you guys had three hours. <laughs> so I'm not going to bother. Like I say, they send cars to space. Yeah, I, I had written some nice big stuff here, but your cast is the usual suspects. They mm -hmm. bring in three of the guys from Tokyo Drift that we haven't seen since like the third movie. Mm -hmm. uh, Charlie's Theron's back. Mm -hmm. They add John Cena because, mm -hmm. of course, John Cena and Vin Diesel are brothers. Mm -hmm. They look so similar. Don't. don't. <laughs> Honestly, because in the film, the kids that they get to play him don't even look like brothers. <laughs> I just. Like, fair enough, if it was a different mum, that makes sense. But, yeah, <laughs> it doesn't make a lot of sense to look at. So, they, wait, wait, wait. Yeah. Are they, like, half-brother and half-brothers, or are they, like, legit full brothers? They say brothers. They never say half or step or anything. It's always just brothers. Their dad yeah, was see... <sighs> the same dad, and the mum is never discussed, so I don't know. Okay. okay. But, here you go. Here's my summation. Big cars, big men. Big explosion, big cameos, big returns, but most of all, big entertainment and massive, massive nonsense. Did I enjoy it? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I had a big fat grin on my face for two hours. Yeah. It was exactly what I wanted. It was stupid. It was funny when it shouldn't have been. There's a bit in the first sequence where they managed, to, they've got to get across a bridge that's collapsed, a rope bridge. So somehow Vin Diesel manages to drive into one of the posts on the bridge in such a way that his Mustang gets caught, gets a bit of string caught around its wheel so that they can swing on the rope bridge <laughs> rope from one side to the other. Honestly, it's so nuts. But there are things I like about it a lot because the they've toned the action, apart from big, totally stupid stuff like that, a lot of the, the street-based uh, racing and action sequences and stuff seem to be using genuine, um, genuine cars and genuine stunts again. Which you better. You, you, you can't. That's the th that's the one thing. I mean, you know, it, it, I, I laugh back because uh, again, you know, it'll be twenty years. Uh, the 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 first film came out. It's a it's a twenty year old film. Do you know how I know that? Because it's been twenty years since you and I worked at the cinema together when that film came out. Two thousand one, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So uh, we, we know that. And so the fact that, uh, like I say, go back 20 years, that was all about street racing and stuff like that. You you think about like how much development has occurred on street racing in 20 years. Not a great fucking much, apparently, because apparently Vin Diesel and his crew are still the top guys after 20 fucking years. Like, But again, they're not even the top guys for street racing. They're now the top guys that, you, that the, the secretive government agencies oh, God, go man. to to catch the evil bastards. Yeah. It's, like, oh, it's so ridiculous now. Yeah. It really but is. that's it. It's a completely ludicrous, ridiculous universe that they put themselves oh. in. Um, 
And, and it's it's nothing more than that. Did you even know that was a pun? What's that? Sorry, ludicrous is in the film. Yeah, yeah. You know what? That I didn't even <laughs> didn't intentionally do that. <laughs> he just came off the cuff. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. I have a funny bone as well as a uh, know it. lump of coal as a heart. Um, <laughs> yeah, funny bone too. There you go. So, yeah, that's all I want to say about that. Obviously, I enjoyed it because I do, but I would never, ever, ever sit here and say, hey, Fast 9 is a really good film. Yeah, It's not. It's not a good film. But for me, it ticks every box that I want from a Fast and the Furious film. Yeah, I mean, I just don't you, know where we're yeah. going next. We've been to space for fuck's sake. That is. Well, they've only got like you know, two more, haven't they? Shark, two, two more, and then they're done. More than jumping the shark, sending one to space. Uh, yeah, I think it's two more they've got. Yeah, and, uh, and and I love that the rock has gone. Yeah, have fun doing the nuts too. I'm not in it. Uh, he does. Not, he really does not like Vin Diesel. He does not like Vin Diesel. And again, knowing everything we know about The Rock and knowing about the public persona of Vin Diesel, who do you think's the nicer guy? Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Uh, the guy that everybody likes that and guys, you're like the nicest guy in the world, and you do yeah. charity and you're constantly they helping. Him. They want him to be president. Yeah, that's yeah, they, they yeah, like. yeah. And then and then you've got uh, Vin Diesel who starred in. Uh, one successful film franchise and no i'm not talking about pitch black because one film that was and then a shit film and then people were like oh yeah riddick's still good no riddick is shit like the whole riddick universe is shit the the idea of the whole universe i used to be well into it because it was david twohey who wrote the whole thing and like you say pitch black's a cracking little Mm -hmm. sci-fi thriller Mm -hmm. slash horror you know brilliant so tense um, and and then they did Chronicles of Riddick and yeah, which Riddick, was, which and was, was where just... the guy went, the the writer went right. I'm now going to expand my universe. Yeah. And it was like, oh jeez. Oh, I'm, I'm going to have Judy Dench in it. Judy Dench and Vin Diesel. What a duo. What? Yep. That's that's the what? team up everyone's been asking for. What? Anyway. Oh, God. Yes, anyway. Vin Diesel. Not been in many good franchises. You're right. No. So I've got three more on my docket. Okay. I've got a couple of series. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna remove one straight away. I'm just gonna put delete. There we go, delete that because that's Mythic Quest, and we can talk about that at a later point. Um, so I will couple of, couple of animateds, couple of animateds. I'll, I'll go to. Uh, so, so they're opposite season two. Okay. Um, I finally got round to watching on the Disney Plus. I want to say. Yeah, uh, under the star brand. Yeah, it's under the star brand. Uh, so again, very much similar to the first season uh, when we discussed that. However, it feels like it settled itself into the format that it is. It settled itself into its little universe and is no longer like, you know what? We can't expect every episode to be compared to Rick and Morty because we're just going to get that. Let's just be this show. It feels more settled down. Um, still funny as shit, and uh, the recurring theme that we'd spoken about in the first season of so the opposites was the uh the the prison wall yeah i can't remember what they call it uh yeah i can't remember the the, yeah yeah so the prison wall whole thing that is still ongoing i i was like is that going to just be a throwaway thing no no they're, they're still continuing that they're still dropping people in there uh they're still picking up the threads of of what happened last time and who took over and stuff like that so i was very very impressed by that um, it, it's very much a throwaway show. It's not one that I'd uh, put as an urgency. Like, you know, Rick and Morty, I've been 
again put on that put that on the back burner. I kind of watch double episodes when I can because I find it's a bit more enjoyable. This is not one where I would have been like, oh, I really want to watch this every week. It's just a comfortable show to kind of sit down and watch. If you enjoyed the first series, you'll enjoy this. It's you know crazy, crazy kind of adventures with this family again. Not not much more different than the first, but it feels feels settled is the best way of describing it. If that makes sense. Interesting. Um, Bad Batch is the other series uh, which I have watched. So See, I didn't watch that because I thought we'd end up doing something about it. So I didn't. I watched the first episode and then stopped myself. Yeah. Um. I think that it may be something you said we... you were going to wait till it was all finished and then watch. Yeah, it. and then I didn't because I got I got bored one day. I was off. Uh, I was off. I had a bit of time off, so I uh, I decided to watch it. Um, what I will say is I think it will be one that we may revisit after a series or two. Uh, the reason I say that is because it was a shorter series. It was only, say, uh, I want to say 10. It's 10, maybe 12 episodes. Yeah, it yeah. wasn't a huge series. Um, it just reminded me very much of uh, how much I enjoyed the Star Wars animated stuff. Have We'd obviously done Clone Wars, uh, and, and I have I'd had seen Rebels, obviously, but I hadn't watched Rebels again. So what I actually did is I watched Bad Batch, saw the threads of certain things, and then I rewatched Rebels recently, which I gave a huge new appreciation for because, again, I'd rewatched Clone Wars and then I'd watched Bad Batch. Then I'd, you know, got round to Rebels again. I found a, a new appreciation for Rebels that I hadn't before. I loved it before anyway but i found a little bit more of an appreciation for certain nuances of it a little bit uh bad batch is by far a fantastic series the voice uh cast very much deeper the baker has come back to do all of the clones basically which i hope that disney are ponying up uh and giving that guy a a fat paycheck because when you are the voice of six or seven characters in a animated series and they're all the men- central characters. That's going to be taxing on a person, you know. I thought so, yeah. Um, I'm so I hope the point I'm using for different characters in the book I'm reading to my son in the evening. So, mm. um, and uh, we've also got uh, Real Pearlman, who we you would know as uh, Danny DeVito's wife, and obviously who was in Cheers, and she's been in loads of loads of other stuff over the years. Uh, she is the voice of uh, somebody who kind of helps the the bad batch out uh, and i love that because she's just she's got a very unique voice uh and who doesn't love to put on the resume yeah i've been this character in the star wars universe like mm-hmm. freddie prince jr uh will, will always be yeah i was kanan jarris dude i've got much respect for you the fact that you were a wrestling writer and then you became a star wars guy and you're married to buffy the vampire slayer dude don't well jealous of you you son of a bitch yeah he did all right for himself um so yeah, so Bad Batch is a very good series. Again, if you enjoyed any of the Star Wars, Clone Wars, or any of the Star Wars animated stuff, by all means go and watch it. Um, I do encourage. This is very much set apart uh, because it is post-Clone Wars. So this is covering that period between the Clone Wars and New Hope that is very much in the dark. What happened to all the clones? How did the Imperial troops come? A lot of answers are going to start appearing here. Um, so yeah. But again, it's uh, it's one of those ones where I, I got to the end of the series and I was like, I, f- I feel like I need more. It doesn't feel like an end of series punch, uh, you know, like like some do. Um, 
So, yeah, I, uh, you know, very quickly they announced that they were doing a season two. So, yeah, I'm hoping that they give a good few seasons to that. It feels the the animation is very much up. My God, if you watch, go back and watch, like, the early part of Clone Wars and then obviously having watched Rebels and now I'm watching Bad Batch, you really can see that technological development with yeah. their style as well. Yeah. Um, I think the last last thing I'll mention... Uh, before throwing it over to you again, is to see whether you've actually seen all of Loki yet. Yes. Because I don't think yeah. we've, we may have not have discussed. I don't think so... We have, because I hadn't seen it all by the time you were there. Basically, the kids were clearly not interested mm. and would never agree to watch it. So I just went, fuck it, I'm going to watch it myself then. So yes, I, I have finished it. I have watched it. Okay, your thoughts then. Your thoughts. Let's go for you. Very interesting. Mm. Very interesting. Um, Obviously, Hiddleston's Hiddleston. He's awesome. Uh, I haven't got. I didn't know we were going to talk about Loki actually, so I haven't got the name of Sylvie. The uh, Sophie, something or another. I can't remember. God damn it! I like to give people credit. Let me. <laughs> What's her name? What's her name? Loki. I think you're right. I just want to make sure I actually say her. Say the actress's name to give her the credit because she was fab. Oh, I like. Uh, Gugu and Bata Raw was good as well as the, uh, uh, the the episode. God damn it! Even on Disney Plus, you go to details starring Tom Hiddleston. There's more than one actor in it. Sophia Di Martino. Di Martino. There you go. Yeah. But yeah, she she was fantastic as Sylvie. I loved that. That was a great twist when that came up, and that that's who the baddie was. Because mm. I have read, I think I was reading comics around the time when that version of Loki went into. I think it was Journey into Mystery or something. So, yeah, there was the whole story with um, after Ragnarok and there was supposed to be the reincarnation of all of uh, kind of Asgard and stuff like that. But Loki had actually stolen Sif's body, so became Lady Loki, so to speak, because she stole Sif's body for a little while. Ah, that's why it was. But yeah, so, yeah, I thought that was really good. I liked the uh, the sort of off-cast Lokis that we met at the end. They were very funny. Um, and again, when you think of someone like Richard E. Grant agreeing oh, to be a bit Jesus. part in a Marvel TV series, I, what? I what? genuinely, I mean, I, I love Hiddleston. I think he's great, but I, I am torn in my head as to who I actually think is the best Loki. Um, because Richard E. Grant is just so captivating in that one episode. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, he plays that older version of Loki that again, it's like, yeah, I'm going to go and, and I'm going to dress like, you know, the original version of Loki looked and, you know, the big horns and the exaggerated outfit. Um, but he's a very, you know, he, he's worn down by time and he, he misses his brother uh, and he misses Asgard. And you're like, well, you didn't think you'd ever see this version of Loki, um, a Loki willing to put it all on the line and his final little battle thing. And I, again, I've read, uh, I'd read a little interview with him and he said that he was stood in a green screen, uh, you know, a set with, with just green stuff around him, fans blowing in his face and he's just raising his arms up. And that was it. That was that was all he was doing. But I watched that scene and I was like, man, you can see like it's Richard E. Yeah. Grant being fantastic. Yeah, uh, it, and be- like it was taking effort. It didn't yeah. look like it was causing him strain to and, uh, do it. Before we proceed as well, uh, just a quick shout out to Mr. Richard E. Grant, who uh, sadly he's 
He lost his wife yesterday, in fact. Oh, uh, my God. I didn't know Yeah, that. so that was that was in the news. So, uh, you know, uh, our thoughts and prayers with you, uh, Mr. Richard E. Grant. Uh, true, true gentleman of uh, of the English acting circle. Um, yeah, uh, that, that I spotted that yesterday, and I thought that was very, very sad. Yeah, that is. I didn't know that. But uh, but yeah, so back 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 to back to. But yeah, and uh, then Loki. obviously the end yeah. is very interesting. Oh. Kang was very interesting. I mm. wasn't surprised by Kang to be honest. I always thought it was going to be Kang because mm. there's a bit in the first episode I think where you see the statues mm-hmm. and one of them looks ridiculously like Kang. Mm-hmm. So my assumption always was that it, the the timekeepers were up front and uh, Kang was going to be the one behind it. I. I was slightly confused by his portrayal of Kang, but it's fair enough, it, yeah. I suppose. I, I kind of loved it. It's uh, That's the thing that I can't decide, because I've never seen Kang like that. Kang has never come across as that kind of character. Hmm. But I feel that they did enough in the, in the episodes itself to explain why Kang was like that. Yeah, he's not... That he wasn't necessarily... The traditional Kang. That's it. He's, he's a, a very Kang, yeah, or he's a third. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. so it did. It did make sense, and I didn't have a problem with it. It just was a bit jarring, I guess. That's the thing, you know, because you got this vision of what you expect the character to be yes. based on comic books, and yes. then you see it, and you go, "Oh, that's not what I was expecting." Mm-hmm. But I don't think I dislike it. No, no, I think uh, I think he played it very well um, because. He is a version of Kang that has survived to the end of time, that he's been putting all these plots and motions in and that he's been protecting himself for God knows how long. Uh, you know, how, how long had he actually been in this bubble, so to speak? And the fact that he was just he was just knackered by that point. He's like, no, you can take it over. Like, if you don't want to, fine, it'll all go to shit, but I'm done. Like, he's he's a Kang that's just done. Yeah. He's not uh, He's not the conqueror. He's not... A Kang who's still got all of his wills and, you know, again, he's a, as he said, he was a version that stopped the other ones from being able to do everything else because that's not what he believed in. But eventually he's like, fuck it, it's going to happen, it's going to happen. And there are worse Kangs out there, as he says. And yeah, we're going to meet versions of them. And I cannot wait for that. Um, the fact that he was very coy for quite a while when he'd obviously been signed up for uh, Ant Man and the Quantum Mania. Is it Quantum yep, So when he'd been signed up for that, and they were like, "Oh, so you're going to be in Loki?" He's like, "No, no, 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 no." Oh yeah, sorry, I lied. And I think <laughs> that's brilliant. I love the fact that you've still got actors in this day and age who will just outright lie and then be like, "Yeah, I had to lie though, didn't I?" Like, yeah. if, if I told you, where's the... <laughs> that's it. Um, it, it, it. This is the it's the argument for me about when trailers for films and stuff like that. Um, I want to see a trailer that gives me enough information for me to go, would I watch that? Yes or no? I don't need to see all of the action that you're going to throw at me straight away. I just need to know yes or no. Am I going to watch that? Because you give too much away in this day and age. Uh, And I think that's where actors are the same. Like when actors are talking about the films that they're doing and it's like, oh, discuss your character. Sometimes I just want them to go, just watch the fucking film and you'll find out, you know? (laughs) What's the point of me telling you? You're like, you ain't... You'll go in there knowing everything beforehand. Like that, this isn't how film was done. Um, so I do laugh the fact that he just outright lied. I love it. I think that's yeah. great. Um, where where it's going to go from here? I mean, it's opened up the multiverse. 
what um, point? And then you've got Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Yeah. You've going back to the Spider-Man No Way Home trailer. There's clearly mm-hmm. some multiversal craziness going on there. Is it possible that because of what's happened in Loki, has uh, you know, is that what affects Strange's spell, or is it just Peter thinking of mm-hmm. things that should and shouldn't happen while he's casting it? Yeah, um, the the it what ifs as well. Uh, I know you've uh, you've yeah. You've... I read about the most recent what if. Um, yeah. I haven't watched it. Point point point. I haven't watched it yet. I won't say anything other than I read an article that was claiming it could be relevant. But to be totally honest, it was fan theory. Yeah, and uh, he's the, the... out his own evidence from the episode. Yeah, that may. You know, if it's referenced in a Marvel movie in the next five years, he'll have been right. But <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Um, I think uh, as as uh, me, me and uh, Baggy have discussed, I'm a huge lover of the what ifs. Uh, the reason for it, and, and I can take this back, in fact, to one of my favorite comic books of, of years ago was the Exiles run that uh, Judd Winnick did with uh, with Marvel. And it's about a team that bounces around from multiverse to multiverse fixing a problem because there is something broken within that multiverse and it's affecting the whole multiverse so they have to go to certain multiverses and time periods and and fix it so that things don't go wrong and they're essentially repairing the multiverse and it was a truly fantastic book it was very x-men fronted uh with blink from the age of apocalypse universe stuff a, like one of my f- most favorite x-men stories of all time and she got pulled out of this universe to, to front this exiles team so you see all the variations of the different marvel universes where you know the fantastic four are a bunch of bastards uh where you know cap never got frozen in the ice you got loads of different variations and i love those those what ifs uh again all the stories of the what ifs that i've read throughout the years uh me and baggy again we collected tons years ago and we're we're both lovers of it so when seeing this on screen oh man it it, it is something great uh the the first one uh you know captain carter uh which i actually didn't didn't realize until the other day she's not the first captain carter can you can you name the first captain carter will have thought of not not necessarily in marvel but like captain carter in terms of like all the geeky stuff that we watch hey take a guess Think about what I mentioned that I've been recently watching. Oh, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. SG1. There you go. <laughs> so I spotted a, a meme the other day, and it was uh, it was a picture of uh, Sam Carter coming through a, a Stargate, just going, hi, I'm Captain Carter. And Captain Carter going, hi, I'm Captain Carter. And it was brilliant. I loved it. Um, <laughs> just geeks. Um, and the next one was, you know, if uh, T'Challa was taken instead of Peter Quill and became a Ravager, my God, that story is ridiculous and then some. Um, it's I, I just love these what-ifs. I really do. Uh, I, I think it's great. And listening to Chadwick Boseman play T'Challa again, um, and some of the things that he says in that and the way that he, he acts, God, it's, it's very heart-wrenching at times. Um, so yeah, I'm very intrigued to see where these what ifs are going. Um, I think they're f- truly phenomenal. Um, I think the artwork style is very, very different, um, but enjoyable. So yeah, it's uh, the what ifs are uh, not necessarily for everybody, but I do think uh, g- give it a chance is what I would say. Certainly, give it a chance. Um, yeah, yeah, I think I will watch them at some point. 
I, I, I highly would. Um, because no, the thing is, is that high on my list because they're, they're, they are, uh, yeah, they're, they're yeah, you know, yeah, they're, I they're, they're, yeah, no, no, I understand the concept of that totally. Which yeah. is just why it's not at the top of my list. That's this all. is the thing, as um, unlike say, excuse me, unlike say Loki or any of the other Marvel shows that had come out. Obviously, Loki started coming out on a Wednesday, um, yeah. so it was a bit of a midweek treat. I actually have been saving these what ifs for a Friday. I've not been watching them the day of release because, like you say, I'm not like ah, I really need to watch this this week. Obviously, there's been a Doctor Strange one. It's been all over the pissing internet, uh, so I'm a bit like shit. Maybe I should have watched it then, um, but I'm still fine. I've I've still not had a chance to watch it because we were gaming yesterday evening. I will get round to it, but I know I will enjoy it when I do. So it's 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 similar in that vein. I don't feel it's okay. It's going to be spoiled because it's oh god, you know. Um, I'll get round to it. That's fair enough. Um, yeah, it's like I say. Yeah, would I rather watch Mythic Quest or would I rather watch What If? Mm-hmm. I'd rather watch Mythic Quest actually. Yeah, I'm not. Because, yeah. You know, it, that that's all I mean. It's just there's something else at the minute that I'd rather watch. I'm not sure down on it or negative about it or anything. Mm. Like I say, I just I don't think it's going to tie in really, so it, it doesn't get pushed to the top of the list. Yeah, I'm not sure whether it will or won't until... Uh, well, that's it. And at the second, I know that it does tie into something. Mm. Fair enough. It goes up the list. Mm. Um, so I have one one final show I will just quickly mention, um, okay. which is, I don't know whether you've ever heard of it, you may have in passing, uh, called AP Bio. I think the name rings a bell, but I'd be lying yeah. if I said I had any clue what it means <laughs> that's fine uh the reason you may have heard of it is because this is the show that glenn howerton from always sunny mm-hmm. uh dennis from always sunny yeah. uh it's his series uh on peacock or ah. nbc or whichever it is so i um recently got a vpn uh through my brother for browsing the internet and whatnot and decided to check out canada's netflix and see what was there AP Bio. always the best Canadian was very good, actually. Yeah, uh, and AP Bio just so happens to be on there. So, um, to to kind of put this into context, uh, Glenn Howerton plays a former Harvard Stanford professor um, of philosophy who gets ousted from his job because he acts like a bit of a dick, and it goes to some British guy called Miles, who he's pretty pissed off against because he now has to move back to his hometown and live in his dead mother's house uh, and teach uh, an AP bio class at the local high school. Imagine, if you will, Dennis Reynolds going to teach high school when he's super smart and really doesn't want to be there. You can kind of get an idea as to where this begins. Yeah. Um, The best thing I would actually cross it with is, say, community and school of rock. Oh, right. That's the best way of I, I can kind of describe this. Um, so what he does is that he goes into the class and categorically tells them, I ain't teaching you shit. I'm not here to teach you. We're going to screw this guy over. We're going to screw this guy miles over. And every week is going to be a miles mission. How do we get how do we get him over? So they'll catfish him online, for example. Um there's some really, truly heinous shit that they come up with. And this is him and his school class that are basically creating a vendetta about the guy who's got the job that he really wanted. And it's quite, quite fucking funny at times um, because there's obviously members of the class, his 
his pupils, some of them are very rigid and like, well, you should be teaching this stuff. And he's like, I ain't teaching you shit. Um, and then there's a couple who kind of want to go along with him. And he has a protege in the end um, by the name of Heather, who calls him boss and chief and literally believes everything that he says is gold. And she is fucking hilarious when she does this because it's just brilliant where you've got somebody like Glenn Howerton going in there, being very boisterous, being very loud, telling kids what they should do and what they should not do and what they should believe or not, not believe. And you've got this one person just, so this girl, um, clearly all of the, the young cast are in their say twenties and they've obviously been cast as high schoolers. You can clearly tell that there's no way they're going to get away with having high schoolers, uh, you know, age, playing these people so she's clearly i think in her 20s but they've given her these very thick uh thick almost um very thick glasses that you know look like a a fishbowl like when you look you know that kind of appearance yeah yeah so that's the kind of got look they've gone for so she looks like the ultimate geeky person just hilarious, like her interactions with, uh, with with his character, and it is funny. Um, Patton Oswalt is in there as well. I mean, granted, he's just Remy from Ratatouille to me, and he always will be. Um, but he is still a funny guy. The first season, I think, is probably the best out of all three that have been so far. It seems to, as it's gone on, it's waned a little bit. They've done more with the other teachers of the school, and this is where I was saying earlier about these three female teachers. None of them really has anything to offer for me, but it's not they're not directed for my attention, so to speak, uh, that I'm not the target demographic of their story. But they actually, I feel, that drag the story down at times. If they actually went back to how it was, where it was just Glenn Howerton and the kids being a bunch of bastards, I think that was where where the, the magic was, which sadly is, is kind of diminished. But if you really want to watch uh, what would happen if Dennis became a school teacher. Yeah, watch a good few episodes of the first season of AP Bio, and you will piss yourself laughing. Oh, cool. Okay, yeah, I'll keep an eye open for them. Yeah, it's it's it, the fourth season is starting soon, so I'm hoping it's a bit of a return to form. Uh, it seemed to be the last season was cut by quite a few episodes. I think it's as a result of the COVID pandemic, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, I don't yeah. know that for fact. So, okay. So. What else you got? Anything else? No, that's that's uh, like I say, that's that's the last of my shows. All right. Well, I've got a couple of films that we'll just go through that I've watched. Um. Oh, actually, thinking about it, I, I've been watching Rick and Morty season five, but mm. I know you haven't, so I won't. Say I've too watched much. Uh, about half. I've watched about okay. half. Have you watched? I think it was episode eight. I'd have to check. Most, if... Sorry, well, it's the most recent episode and it features Bird Person. No, I have not. That episode mm-hmm. is something that I think we will discuss because okay. I've not seen a Rick and Morty episode like that before. Hmm. I've seen Rick and Morty episodes that look like they're going that way hmm. and then absolutely flip it on their head and do what I expect them to do. But I, yeah. When you watch that episode, I think we'll have a discussion about that. Okay. Have you seen uh, the the recent live action version of Rick and Morty? Well, no, I just saw that. Uh, I'm literally checking uh, <laughs> or whatever it was as I before I came on, and it <laughs> said live action Rick and Morty. I was like, yeah. "What? 
I didn't yep. click on it or look at it. Ah, but... oh, you should have clicked on it and looked at it. Um, it's, I don't know where they're going to appear. I think it's within the next couple of uh, episodes. Uh, apparently, the kid who's playing Morty is the kid who was from It and It Chapter 2. Don't know, d- didn't watch it. Uh, but uh, the version of Rick, guess who's oh going to be Oh, my God! Play? Yeah! <laughs> For everybody at home who doesn't know, it's Christopher Lloyd, oh uh, as we God. all know, as Doc Brown. <laughs> uh, right, I need to watch this then. Yeah, it's like a thirty-second thing. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Oh it's, wow. It's, yeah, it's uh, it's it's very short, very very short. It's funny. Oh my god, that's hilarious! That's fucking brilliant. I want to see that. <laughs> right. Um, yes, and that that young lad is a good actor. Cool. He's a decent little actor, he is. Um, no, I mean, he, I mean, how do you, you know he, he turns up for work? It's like, yeah, you're going to play Morty opposite Rick. Uh, by the way, that's uh, you know Christopher Lloyd, who was you know Doc Brown. That kid must just be going. This is like a dream come well, true. Isn't that, you know? isn't that weirdly ironic in a way? Because didn't Rick and Morty start as some yes. sort of weird parody? Parody, back yes. To future? Christopher Lloyd actually appeared in the original uh, Rick and Morty sketch that they did, <laughs> the, the short sketch way back when. Christopher Lloyd actually appeared in it as Doc Brown way back when. So, yes, this is kind of a roundabout thing. That's funny. Um, so, yeah, a couple of other films I've watched. Uh, I watched Without Remorse, which is a, a thriller on Prime, I think it was, uh, starring Michael B. Jordan. And it's um, Tom Clancy. Based on a Tom Clancy book. Oh yes, it's uh, yeah, it it looked very actiony, very. Yeah, but unfortunately, I, I was like, I like a decent thriller. Tom Clancy mm. normally writes them. Yeah. Um, so basically, I spent about ninety minutes confused, and then there's ten minutes of exposition from the big baddie, and it, it that sort of clears it all up. Um, mm. I liked Michael B. Jordan, uh, Jodie Turner Smith. They they were both good as like the lead roles. Mm. Uh, Jamie Bell's in it as a decent douchebag, and and Guy Pearce was slimy as fuck. And we should always remember: never trust Guy Pearce. Guy Pearce is in a film with you. Never trust him. He's probably the bad guy. Yeah. But yeah. At the end of the day, it was a bit bog standard, nuts and yeah. bolts. Kind of expected that. As as my favourite critic would say, insert slot A into tab B. Mm-hmm. It was all a bit cookie cutter, mm-hmm. um, which was unfortunate. But, you know, it was all right for what it was. Like I say, I just, unfortunately, that because it was the thriller, spy nonsense plot, you know, everyone's backstabbing everyone and you've got 15 triple agents. It, it just got a bit confusing early on. And like I say, it, literally the only way to tidy it up was a 10-minute solid exposition dump from the baddie. Hmm. And I always think it's a shame if you've got to do that. Um, I then watched The Tomorrow War on Netflix. Have you seen that? <sighs> Chris Pratt? I think we may have spoken about this off, off pod. Um, yeah. I have absolutely zero pissing interest watching this when oh, their own attempt at defining the time travel logic doesn't really work so yeah. no i don't I, I, no i can't setup, i just can't the setup is just no matter how you slice it no matter which way you look at it it's the yeah. most ridiculous thing ever so for those that don't know the tomorrow war is about earth and in the future about i don't know 50 years into the future or something like that we are losing a war so they 
somehow create time travel instead of being able to win the war. And they come back in time to teleport people from the present day into the future to win the future war. Mm -hmm. I'm not even going to go into all the problems that that has and how oh. little sense that makes, because I'm sure you I'm all just have angry thinking about brain it. cells and can work out some of the base problems for yourself. <laughs> but just, I'm already angry. I've got to be honest, I enjoyed the fuck out of it. Sure. It was it was another Fast 9. It was mm -hmm. like Chris Pratt is a fantastic lead actor. Uh, Yvonne Strahovski was really good as his daughter. Again, it was obvious that it was like, because he, got, <laughs> yeah. like, yes. and he I saw up, the trailer and went, oh, that's your daughter, isn't yeah, it, in the future? Oh, come on. They think it's some sort of secret. Like, they wait 20 minutes of him working with her in the film before they finally reveal that's who it is. And it's like, well, everyone else worked it out. How could her own <laughs> fucking dad not work it out? Um. There, there's nowhere near enough J.K. Simmons, unfortunately. No, yeah, no, I knew you were going to say that. Nowhere near enough. He just comes in for the end. Um, but Christ, that guy is hench these days, oh, yeah. man. Yeah, right. He's got some yeah. guns on. Um, well, he worked out uh, to to become Jim Gordon. Like he saw yeah. his works out. Even the guys like like playing Batman and Superman were going fucking hell. He's bigger than I am. And the finale is just something else. Chris Pratt, uh, just the basics are Chris Pratt ends up in a fist fight with a 15 foot monster. Okay. It's it's something else, man. It really is. <laughs> I, I like I say, I enjoyed it because it's fucking insane. Mm. And if you turn your brain off, if you do not engage brain before <laughs> pushing play, you will have a whale of a time. I if can't. you engage your brain at any point, yeah. Just stop. Just yeah, turn it I've, off. I've got you are it. not going to enjoy yeah. the rest of it. This is the problem. When 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 a film goes time travel element, my brain immediately turns itself on and go. Well, you know, it's already on anyway. Yeah, most of the time, uh, it turns itself on to that state of okay, I'm going to analyze this and logically assess blah blah blah. And we've watched enough sci-fi. I, I understand the laws of time travel. You know, causality. Uh, you know, is it going to be uh, a branch in the timeline? There's variations of different things. This is none of those, by all that, accounts. That, it doesn't. It doesn't fit the Back to the Future model. It doesn't that, fit the String Theory model. No. It, it fits the Tomorrow War model. Yeah. Really <laughs> is that this was supposed to be released in the cinema. Yeah, I know. Jesus Christ! I'm glad it wasn't. No. Um, it would have been like. The... Or it would have had really bad reviews. So I think it's better it went to Netflix and people actually found it and went, hey, this is quite fun. It reminds me of uh, the 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 film that Cruz did a little while ago with uh, yeah, Emily Blunt, um, where he's in a big suit of armor and he keeps repeating the same day. That's brilliant. Uh, yeah, like Edge of Tomorrow. Edge of Tomorrow. Obviously, this is Tomorrow War, Edge of Tomorrow, whatever. You know, they've got Tomorrow in the name. Yeah, that's um, a cracking film, that is. Yeah, it's, it's, it's enjoyable, but it, 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 uh, uh, in the sense of, I would have imagined a box office success of a sim similar value. Not necessarily because it's just got Tomorrow in it. It had that very similar look yeah, and appeal of it. Yeah, that's a idea. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I would have loved to have seen, uh, you know... Uh, a sequel to to that version because that that was great. It, it got to a point and he sat there laughing at the end, like, "Yeah, we did it. You know, we changed time." That was different because it was like it was the whole reset. That, that I can ex I can understand that because it's one person's timeline. That's that's perfect. That that works. This was not that. And uh, yeah, every review and everything that I've read about it, I'm just like, I can't. 
I just can't. It just no. Again, just, I, no. I wouldn't recommend that people go and watch it unless they enjoy crazy, Long, yeah. stupid action with some yeah. decent actors. That's you maybe, know. Maybe, maybe one day, like you say. Uh, I mean, I'll I'll get around to 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 fast nine for eight, whatever I the fuck it was. Um, I will watch it at some point because it's like you say, uh, it'll be a Sunday action, uh, Sunday afternoon action film. I'll put it in the background, switch my brain off, and that's it. But. I don't think Tomorrow War is probably one that I'm going to yeah. because my brain would always be going, yeah, but time travel's bullshit. Yeah, it? I get you. I get you. Um, and yeah, the only other thing I have on my list is uh, Jungle Cruise that I watched recently. Have you seen that one? No. Um, I think it was a premiere. Was it a Disney premiere? It was probably up for premiere, download, yeah. but I haven't. Yeah, um, <sighs> Well, on the one hand, I am intrigued to watch it because it's The Rock, and I do love The Rock. The Rock, Emily Blunt, um, I thought they were quite good. Unfortunately, the one detractor massively for me is Jack Whitehall. Um, anything that guy is in, I actually don't want to watch. It was the one reason that I really didn't enjoy at times watching uh, Dark Omens with, uh, with Tennant and Sheen because Jack Whitehall's in it, and I fucking good can't Omen. stand him. Good Omen, sorry. Uh, and I can't stand him. I, I really, really I, can't. I totally agree with you. I hate Jack Whitehall. Uh, what I will say is he's bearable in this. He okay. plays her posh, um, you know, posh 1920s, 30s. I, I don't know when it's set, but let's assume somewhere around there. British, mm-hmm. what you would understand as the, the, the traditional British empiresman mm-hmm. with his white suits and his crisp, uh, you know, his crisp hats and things. Um, but he's actually quite bearable because he's sort of the voice of reason behind it. And they give him quite a poignant little mm. moment, which is quite nice because they make uh, they, they, they've made his character gay. And well, I've, if, bit where he's talking to Dwayne Johnson about it. Yeah. And he from explains what, what he's he did for him. Yeah. I, but from what I've read, it's very ambiguous. And it's like, well. We're not going to outright say it. Oh, yeah, yeah. They don't outright um, say and it's like, hey, I'm gay because it's Disney and it's a 12. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and uh, yeah, uh, but again, it's, yeah, I I still can't stand the son of a bitch. No, that's uh, fair enough. I can't stand yeah. him. I've got to be honest. I'd forgotten he was in it going into it because you mm-hmm. don't see him in the trailers very much. But he's only in it for about the first two thirds of the film and then they get rid of him for the third act. But no, okay. anyway, I, I get you totally. I understand what you're saying. But he, he didn't bother me that much. I thought he was all right for what he was doing. Um, I gotta be honest though. I, I mean, it's funny. It's it is entertaining. It drags you along, mm. but it's it's again a little bit not Much involved. Yeah. It's a little bit predictable. I sort of knew what was going to happen. Yeah, and they even pull a twist at the end, and well, not a twist, twist, but not at the end, but two thirds through. But they pull a little twist with Dwayne Johnson's character, and I was like, oh, okay, well that makes sense, but. Like, mm. I don't know. It was just a. There was something off about it, and I can't put my finger on what it was. It, it I should have enjoyed it more, mm. but something just didn't gel or didn't click for me. I'm not sure. It was all a bit perfunctory, to use an well, interesting word. Like like most of them these days, it looks like it's getting a sequel. Um, you know, yeah, it's, and it's, again, it's a rock hey, film, another Disney film based on a ride at Disney. That they've now had to change because they've realised uh, it was rather racist, wasn't it? <laughs> you know, so yeah, Go, going back and then 
revisiting some of their rides and realizing, yeah, we don't really represent people in the best light. It's a good thing. Well, I wonder how long it's going to be before they put um, Dwayne Johnson in the Jungle Cruise ride. Because that's what they did with the Pirates of the Caribbean. After they'd made the film, at mm. the end of the ride, they put uh, a Captain Jack Sparrow animatronic. Didn't so that. it won't be long before they put a Dwayne Johnson and a, an Emily Blunt into Jungle Cruise, I would have thought. Though Jungle Cruise is a shit ride. I can't understand why they keep making these films based on their well, shit rides. I mean, Pirates of the Caribbean wasn't Jungle exactly Cruise, much either. Well, exactly. Yeah, yeah that was it. No, Pirates it, of the Caribbean. You, you just around went... a bit and there's yeah. some piratey stuff and yeah. it goes all wild. And that's it. And it's like, you know, you, you're you watching people burning places down and you're watching guys chasing prostitutes around. And as a kid, you thought it was funny. Now, you really shouldn't be showing her, you know. Not quite. But there you go. That's what Pirates were like. It's like, <laughs> Vikings, they were fun guys who came over here and drank mead and went, oh, ha, 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 let's yeah. give me some more mead. Oh, no, 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 it's like, rape oh. and pillage. Yeah. They were the words. Yeah, it's rape like, oh, Game of Thrones, it's so, ve- oh, there's such good people. They're so upstanding. No, if this is Middle Ages shit, they're raping and pillaging everybody. Bollocks to the lot of you. There's murder happening. There is definitely be- abuse of all kinds going on. Yeah. Oh dear. But yeah, I I was a bit disappointed. I was really looking forward to it. And maybe that played into it as well. The only thing I will say mm. is that um top notch work by the music team who start the film with what sounds like a uh, an orchestral version of Nothing Else Matters by Metallica. Mm-hmm. And as soon as it started, I was like, Oh yes, this is awesome. And then they play it again when they uh, give a bit of backstory on Dwayne Johnson. It it sort of plays over his backstory. And but yeah, since... well done to the music team. I was very pleased to hear that. Since you've mentioned it, and uh, and since it's uh, it seems apparent, uh, do you know what the thirtieth anniversary is this week of a certain thing you've just mentioned? Yeah, what did I just mention? I don't know. What, I what song did you just mention? Oh, nothing else matters. Yeah, and what album is that from? Oh. I... Is, is 30 really, years since the Black Album came out. Oh my god, yeah, yeah, yeah. 1991, yeah, yeah. There you go. So, uh, and oddly enough, it's been on my watch list, uh, on my watch list, my listening list this week. Nice. Uh, walking to and from places, I was like, you know what? 30 years of uh, of this great album being out. Hmm. Yep, after 30 years, it's still a bloody good album. I used to sing that to my daughter when she wouldn't sleep. I used to start at... Oh, what's the first track? Fuck. Enter Sandman. That's not the first track on the album, is it? Yes, it is. Is it? Yes, it is. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> I'm thinking of something. I'm thinking of a different album, don't worry. Um, I think I'm thinking of Reload or Load or something. Anyway, doesn't matter. Yes, I used to I used to walk around singing that to my daughter, starting at the beginning and seeing how far I got before she fell asleep. Yeah, no wonder she's a, a tired child all the time. She's clearly having nightmares trying to remember that. Elder beasts under her bed, <laughs> in her closet, and in her head. There you no, go. we're not having two f- two song quotes in one episode. That would just screw everything up, right? Uh, you, yeah, you, hey, you you reference Rachel Bilson, beautiful, beautiful woman that she is. Um, yeah, that, sorry, I just had to remind myself. Well, I've just I, I tell you one last thing because I I got nothing else now, so I I'm done. We can wrap up unless there's anything else you want to go for. No, no. Um, I've I've just read that. Katie, uh, not Katie, Kaylee Cuoco's split up from her husband. So yes, I'm, I'm back in. I've got a chance. <laughs> okay. 
Yeah, I'll throw my hat into that ring as well. Oh, um, no, you keep out of it. She's mine. Can't have her. No, but um, yes, she's a lovely lady. She is. Um, am I surprised that she's divorced again? I'm not, I am not. Um, I know that she's recently shot a film with uh, the uh, personality vacuum that is uh, Pete Davidson. Um, and uh, I hope uh, she's not banging him uh, after starring in the film. Yeah, let's not. Because that would just depress me even more. Yeah, that, that'd be bad. I need to find out whether Alexandra Daddario is married as well. Sure, you know, just uh, just just send her a message. I'm sure she'll. Uh, yeah, yeah. Let, yeah you know. I'll, I'll talk to my agent and yeah. uh, I can talk to her agents, and uh, we'll get that sorted out. Sure, cool. Yeah, yeah, we're good. Yep. And then people <laughs> anyway, thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for joining us on this quick, quick uh, on this catch up. We're back to our normal. I was going to say, now, quick. It's not been quick. We're back. <laughs> we're back. It's back to normal. Fuck these hour and fifteen minute episodes. We're back. Right. Thank you for joining us, everyone. Uh, the other one, the next episodes will be more, uh, more uh, structured. What am I trying to say? More structured. They will be released at a better time now that the myself and the editor have, have had a chat. Um, so we will try to get back on a good every fortnight uh, release schedule for them. If there's anything that we've obviously missed over the months that we've kind of been absent. Uh, if there's anything that you think that we should talk about, if there's any topics that you think we should discuss in future, Absolutely. again, there's a website or something. I don't know. You're the social Get media in touch in all the ways. Facebook.com <laughs> forward slash The Screen Masters and send us a message. Post on the wall. Whatever you want to do. Go to Twitter at the SM underscore pod and get in touch with us there. We will see you down the road, as the great Stone Cold would say. I have been Bav. I have been Fluff. And this has been Screen Masters. Screen Masters. <laughs>